You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. We are on episode 150. And for this week, Dimitri and I, we sat down and we just kind of talked a little bit a bit about what's going on right now with us, as well as recovering his whole buck story from a couple weeks ago. So a couple weeks ago, we had that episode where we were getting down to the last bit of archery season that like November 12th, 13th time frame when uh, the little rutcation was kicking off for he and I, and he ended up filling his tag and we kind of said leading into it that Hopefully that was going to happen, and he called a shot. It was the 12th, two years in a row for him, so awesome for him. He's, he deserves it. Awesome work for all the offseason, putting in the scouting and, and everything that he's done. So definitely kudos to, to Dimitri doing that. And it kind of talked a little bit about that whole story and some other things that go along with that, whether it be related to gear, some things that maybe did not work out for him, and some other pieces of, of techniques in the saddle, just little random tippets that i think uh hopefully you enjoy this conversation it's just a laid back campfire kind of you know you know just two guys chatting it up so enjoy this one hopefully uh you enjoyed thanksgiving with some family and getting ready for whatever else is coming up christmas the holidays all that stuff so thanks again everybody for your support we'll see you next week and before we get into this week's episode, I want to share with you a discount code from Black Rifle Coffee. And Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. So fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or your first club coffee club subscription. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too. 
such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. All right, everybody, let's get into this week's episode. All right, everybody, well, we're back. We're uh, kicking off another week, another new month here, starting in December now. Getting things rolling and figuring things out, a little bit of what's on the docket for us for this upcoming year, and come 22 is going to be coming to a close here this end of this month, and I guess we could talk a little bit about maybe just random some equipment stuff, maybe some things that worked or goals that maybe you set out this year, Dimitri, that you did hit on or did not hit on or things you want to look like while things are still hot, I guess, on the stove for you that that's still hunting mode, I guess. I know we're hunting mode all the time, <laughs> yep. but just while it's in season here right now that we could kind of talk about. Yeah, for sure. Sounds you know? good. So I was giving you like a recap of, of gun season so far for me. And it's, it's been very quiet for my dad. Like I got out those first two days that Saturday, Sunday only so far. Um, and for me, it was very quiet. I had two dough all day. I saw some fresh sign. Like I actually, that Sunday before it rained, it worked out great because up there, I always feel like the morning hunts are always better hunts, regardless of time of year. Um, even in early October, I know that's kind of the opposite mm-hmm. of what most people say, but still morning hunts on the mountain always just tend to be better hunts. So what I ended up doing was I was happy because I knew it was, I looked at the radar and I saw it was going to be pouring. I knew I'd work on Monday. So I kind of looked at it as, as, if I don't see something by a certain time, I want to get down, move around, maybe kick something up, but also scout a different area that I have wanted to, I guess, in the past. So that's what, like Saturday was morning morning hunt. My dad missed a buck, walked around a little bit, saw two deer, saw a little bit of sign, kind of made a big circle loop on our, our mountain and didn't even like really kick up much. It was kind of really quiet. Even in the middle... I would say in the morning by 11 o'clock, two guys up on that mountain that on the mountain that belong shot a nice nine and an eight and then midday. And this is something I, I, I really want to know what, if you know anything about this and if anybody listening, so nearby at the bottom, like, so we hunt on the North facing part of the slow, basically. Okay. And of the mountain, like facing of that mountain and cross the highway, there's there are, there's a dam out the bottom basically. And then there's a, a farm and nearby on someone's farm, every opening day of rifle season, about lunchtime, this dude goes out there and just starts blasting like ARs rifles. It sounds like he's blowing up kerosene cans, like bombs, like, and it's literally from noon until last light. Really? So like, I don't know, like, obviously I don't know if the deer are, used to that sound i mean again it's still it's far away but it's very close like there's a couple of those big explosion ones where like Mm -hmm. if you're just looking and in la la land like focused and you hear it it you jump like it startles you is that even friggin' legal (laughs) i don't know i mean he must not be a hunter because you know if you're trying to hold the deer on your property you're not going to make all that noise yeah he must be, I, I would assume so, he's anti-hunter and he's just trying to screw everyone up around him. Wow. But that's the only thing I can think of. I know. I mean, that's what, like, I mean, we'll sit there, 
my dad and I will text like, are you kidding me? Like again, like it's just year after year on opening day of rifle season, like Sunday, I know it rained, but from the point in time that I was there, I, you, you don't, I did not hear it. Yeah. It's probably the same guy that was yelling, yo, <laughs> on that buck that I was after down at that bottom. But well, that's you know. how I even heard a video. I, I was watching a video of uh, some other people that hunt and they had their private property and they had neighbors that are similar. Like they, th- once they saw these guys like riding their four wheelers, like towards their stand on the first afternoon hunt that they got into their property, the neighbors like, he had it on the video. The guy was riding four wheelers. He had a like a can, mm-hmm. and he was like hitting a stick against it, like almost like a drum. And he's just driving up and down like the property line, doing similar things. Yeah. You know, it's just like, man, you must really, <laughs> you yeah. must really hate hunting, yeah. or the person that's next to you I, for some reason to to go through all that trouble. <laughs> I because. I, uh, do you remember Jim had that too? Like on his property, like three years ago, some like when you would hunt by his dad's house, somebody messed up him too one year. But yeah, so that was that was like the Saturday again. It was very quiet, not a lot of shots, not even in the valley, like across, like a couple miles up. I know there's another like kind of hunting club. And then on Sunday, got up in the morning. It was cold. It was windy a little bit. It wasn't too too bad. You could tell there was a front coming in, which was nice. And I got into an area through pines. In the dark, I kind of could see a little bit of eyes like off in the distance. I got set up pretty quick and quiet. And I couldn't tell at night where, or I'm sorry, like in the early morning because it was still dark. But I got in and uh, the way the terrain looked, like where I was walking in, it looked, you know, kind of like what I'm used to. It's going to go gradually up to my right as I walk into that because of the mountain. Well, as the day broke and it got gray light, I was like, oh my gosh, look how nice this is. Like it's pine, like mm-hmm. it's the one spot where there's pines and just thicker cover a little bit, but there are some open pockets. And as I was looking, I was like, crap, I can't see up on top. And what I mean by up top was if I continue to walk in, I would have went up a gradual kind of little steep, like part of the mountain, I guess. And then it flattens out a little bit. And I only know this now because I got down and when I got up to that spot, which would have been maybe 95 yards from where I was up in a tree, that's where I found when I posted all those rubs and everything that I found like on Sunday, that's where all that stuff was. And it was overlooking the bottom where I normally hunt, where I didn't hunt actually this past year other than one time. So like that bottom, so I was on that Sunday between my dad and that bottom. So it's like, you're so close, but yet you're still so far away from being in that hot, hot sign. And I think that area could be where that big buck kind of likes to roam around in a little bit. Yeah. You probably got to figure out what, even though there's not a lot of pressure, I'm sure those bucks kind of transition after the rut into a little bit different location than what you were kind of hunting and what your cameras were showing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that's been quiet. My dad got out, I think Monday, Tuesday, not much windy, like, like up there and it, he got down and kind of maneuvered a little bit. He found some, some more kind of fresher sign as well. And then I know yesterday, which would have been what the 30th, he didn't get out because he was like, it's 30 miles an hour wind and 40 mile an hour gust wind. And he likes to be up like, especially now at his age, just to see a little bit better. So he didn't go out and he'll be out tomorrow though. So he cameras were lining up a little bit better so we'll see what he's 
He's just excited that first week of, of off. I hope he, he finally gets it down, gets something down. But, yeah, and then this I got work next week. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll tell my buck story a little bit. Yeah. Just because the last time that, that I we were talking about the season was um, – that was like the around the fifth or the sixth or the seventh yep. or the eighth, um, and we were leading into the weekend, uh, which was the final final Saturday of the the season because the season went up to the following Friday. Um, so worked all week after that, and uh, you know my game plan was for Saturday was you know I killed my buck last year on the the twelfth, mm-hmm. um, and I was been hunting this kind of, uh, I mean. <laughs> wouldn't really call it a rut funnel, but, you know, it, I've kind of learned over the last couple of years. It's one of those situations where I kind of knew about this spot, but not specifically. And then, you know, every year I kind of learned a little bit more about it. Um, and then, you know, finally this year, I kind of knew exactly where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only hunted it, uh, let's see, one, two, three times. Okay. Um, just because I didn't you know, obviously it's public ground. I didn't want a lot of pressure on it. Um, you know, usually in archery, there's not a lot of people around there. Um, come rifle season, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a, a very comfortable place for, for these deer to kind of transition into and out of the bedding. So it's kind of like right on that, just inside or right on the edge of the bedding mm-hmm. um, where this little uh, bench and transition is. And I finally found out exactly where those deer feel comfortable moving. Um, and like I said, on the other podcast, the other two sits, I had an encounter with a buck, um, kind of came through, didn't get a shot at him. The next weekend I saw, I think 10 or 11 deer. Um, one was probably a shooter, but he, I just heard him grunting and kind of following a doe through the, the laurel. Um, so going into the, the last weekend, uh, this was probably going to be the last archery day I was going to be able to hunt. It was the 12th. It was the exact same day that I killed my buck last year. Um, so I was headed back to that, that area and I was just planning on an all day sit again. Um, and you know, a lot, this area too is what I found out, uh, with trail cameras and hunting it, that it brings in a lot of different bucks that typically don't live in that area. So they, they kind of even newer bucks that come cruising the ridge and uh, scent checking and looking for does uh, like to come across this, this bench as well. So um, I felt pretty confident, you know, I just, is one of those things I knew was going to be a good day. Weather looked good. Uh, the only thing that was kind of bad leading in was the, the kind of the wind was not, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. That borderline. Yeah. So I, I did have to, that's the one thing that I, I, there's two things that I changed this year. Um, one was the access to the spot, uh, because typically it's a, it's a big finger ridge. Okay. So it kind of goes down and then on the backside, it kind of circles around and then comes up the other parallels, the other side. Um, and typically what I would do is, is kind of walk down cause down the middle of the the ridge um, and then kind of J hook uh, down and around the the edge to the bench. Um, And a lot of times what I was finding out is even though there's probably not deer that I would see, I felt like I was bumping deer Mm -hmm. on the way back. Um, Even though it was a little bit shorter um, because this is a pretty good walk. It's probably three quarters, quarters of a mile, maybe a little bit more, Mm -hmm. Um, probably not over a mile, but pretty close. Uh, but I just felt like I was jumping a lot of the deer that possibly could come through there. Um, so what I did this year is I actually 
took the time of getting in there earlier um, and walking the full opposite side ridge. Okay. Um, so I took my time. I left a lot earlier. And then what I would do is walk that far opposite ridge the whole way back um, and then kind of J-hook around into that bench that way. Uh, and I found out I was jumping a lot less deer and I was seeing more deer in that spot too. Um, so coming the 12th, I did the same thing. I left really early, uh, really took my time going in there, um, walked real slow. Uh, and then again, the second thing I needed to change is because of wind direction, um, of where I typically like to set up, uh, closer to the ridge. I wasn't able to do because my, if a deer came to the left of me, which sometimes they do, I mean, would be blown right into wind. So I had to kind of change my location and get a little bit higher on the the ridge. I like to be right on the edge of the bench because um, sometimes they like to come right off of that bench to, for their a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they just have cover and they feel more, more secure. Uh, so I had to be up a little bit, um, but just a minor change. Uh, and then, you know, it was just almost like last year, uh, <laughs> it wasn't far into the morning and, you know, I'm sitting there cause again, I talked about last time, the spot, usually it's right at that crack of light, you know, um, that that buck's going to come cruising through, um, just because this is his main bedding and, and cover, uh, especially for the target buck that was living in there. Okay. Um, I don't think this is the, the buck that I shot is the kind of the buck that I was kind of after and seeing on my cameras. Uh, I double checked and I don't, I don't think it is. Um, but got light out. I'm, I'm watching this ridge and, you know, lo and behold, right where I thought, um, the buck would come and my buck came from last year. He was just came up over the ridge, just cruising by himself. Um, so he's coming to my right, which is perfect. Cause he's not, he's not, um, down, downwind of me so the kind of the game play that i made off the wind was really beneficial for me uh and i knew that they'd be coming on my weak side so i was able to spin around um you know i you know it's one of those things he's coming up fast didn't have a lot of time to check out his rack um you know you see the main beam you know it's a shooter buck uh so i spin around which we all know is it's kind of hard you know the one downfall to the saddle is right that kind of quickly moving to that um weak side uh but i was able to get down i spun around um he's coming through he's probably at 40 yards kind of closing the distance um and then i kind of noticed once i was able to kind of get turned around and i'm kind of watching him getting ready for a shot uh that he had trouble putting weight on one of his uh limbs so it was kind of that like he wasn't like really hurt but every time he kind of put uh, weight on his back right leg, he kind of wanted to drop a little bit. Okay. You know, it's kind of like one of those limps. Yep. Um, so I wasn't sure what kind of what was going on. I was just kind of focusing on the shot. Um, and he came perfect broadside about 28 yards. And, um, you know, I drew back and was able to stop him. Uh, shot him. Knew I hit him. He kind of took off uh, again running into the laurel there wasn't you know the crunchy leaves so you know kind of lost sight of him in the laurel didn't hear a crash uh you know it's one of those things you're you're excited but nervous at the same time um i was just really pumped up really excited uh and um what i did is i ended up uh slowly getting down uh i wanted to check my arrow to see how what it looked like yeah see yeah. what it looked like um 
checked it. It looked a little darker red than I it had bubbles on the arrow. Um, the blood was a little bit darker than I wanted to. Is that like bad deja vu coming all? Yeah, coming <laughs> exactly. Again? You know, it was, you know, the thing that was different than, than last time was yeah. the, the bubbles and the, you know, like last time there was a little bit, mm-hmm. um, this time my whole, uh, fletching of the arrow, had, okay. you know, it was <laughs> yeah. kind of, so I felt, I felt more comfortable this time, right. you know, obviously you have doubt set in after that, that shot. Um, and nothing's a guarantee. I've learned that in archery, you know, over the years, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you don't really get, try not to get too excited until you put your hands on that animal. Um, but so, so I got down, I checked my arrow and I'm like, well, I think I got liver was my first assumption, uh, of looking at the arrow. So I was like, well, I have all day. It's early in the morning. Um, I think I'll, I think I'll just back out. And I was like, well, I'll just look for blood. You know, the first couple yards, you get it a little antsy. I feel like, well, I'll just see how, what it looks like, um, initially. And I found just a couple of drops and some hair. Um, and I just kind of could see where he, uh, ruffled up the leaves with the way he took off and uh, I went for like three or four yards and I was like, man, I don't, I just don't see any more blood, you know, which made me nervous again. Um, and I, I looked down, I saw one white piece of hair uh, on the, on the leaves and, and uh, I was like, okay, well he ran through here. I was like, but again, like where's all the blood, you know, and, and thought this shot felt good. Um, so I was just about, ready to just say, okay, just back out, come back in a couple hours, three or four hours, give them time just to make sure. And I just kind of, as I looked at that hair on the leaf, I kind of looked up the direction that he was running and I looked kind of into the laurel and there was just, it was just one of those things that you see something that kind of catches your eye. And I looked up like 50 yards in front of me and I see something brown (laughs) laying right there. And I was like, "Oh, holy crap!" I yeah. thought I was like, "I think that's him right there," you know. Yeah, and you yeah. know how things play trick tricks oh, yeah. on your mind uh, when you're in the tree or you know you're in the woods, and you know all these emotions are running. And uh, I was like, "Wow!" So I pull on my binos and I look up and I see just brown back. And I was like, "Holy crap! He's he's right there!" Yeah, like he barely ran. Like he only ran maybe <laughs> like fifty, sixty yards max. Yeah. Um. So. You know, there wasn't much of a track job, uh, so super pumped. And again, it was quiet, so I just kind of crept on him. I didn't even really give him any more time because, I, I mean, the way he was looking, I mean, I, I knew yeah. he was dead. But, you know, and then once I went another three or four yards towards him, I mean, that's when he kind of opened up. opened up. And it was uh, ended up being a perfect double lung shot, you know, behind the shoulder. Um, and then when I got up to him, you know, I saw his main beam and, you know, he's laying down and, I was like, man, that's a pretty nice buck, you know? And I was like, okay. So I grabbed his beam and I, I pulled him up and I'm like, I thought he was just stuck. And I pulled him up and I'm like, wait a minute. I said, like, initially I thought he was just like a spike on the other side, yeah. you know, how sometimes with oh, yeah. injured. Um, but then when I kind of pulled his head up, I was like, oh, he's broke off. So I wonder, did he have any injury wounds to him? He did on his, um, down towards like where above his hoof, like kind of the ankle joint. Um, he had, uh, it was probably two or three inches of like a, a, a scar. Okay. Um, but it was, it was pretty healed. So I don't think, I don't think it was like recently. Okay. Um, obviously his horn was broke off sometime probably in late October, November. It wasn't like super. 
I would love to see the other buck that did that. Yeah, I know. That's what I did. I and I checked too. Like I was like, "Well, did he knock it? Off? It didn't look like he knocked it off." Like while he was running after the shot, um, but I I uh, kind of like looked around just to make sure. But I, you know, really examining that horn, I don't think um, there was any too. But yeah, I mean, it had to have been of a dandy buck that did that. To I him. did that to him, you know. And again, I I don't really know much about like the the wound, but I mean. I'm assuming that he had it early, so I don't know if he could cut not be able to defend himself much. Yeah. Like if he got into that battle with that other buck. I mean his neck was like really rutted up. Mm-hmm. Um so he was in the rut, but he wasn't chasing anything. I don't know if that injury just kinda you know, kinda hampered that. But I didn't see a lot of chasing this year. Yeah. You know, um around where I hunted. Uh like I said, that that two two weeks before I, I heard that one buck running and he wasn't really chasing the doe he was just kind of following her mm-hmm. um through that laurel so i mean i didn't see a lot of that uh chaotic yeah chaotic hot doe running through yeah um which i typically do but i only really hunted one one day which was that saturday um when we would typically see that kind of movement right. so i guess i don't have a lot of to base that off of but yeah so he had he had a wound on the back leg like again i don't think it was ever going to be like a life-threatening thing um but uh he just couldn't put a lot of weight and it was swollen so it was a little bit bigger than the other ones um but he was a beautiful buck again uh for the second year in a row it was not one that i had on trail camera yeah and they just like to funnel funnel mm-hmm. through there during the rut and check him for does do you do you put any cameras in that area? This is, well, so last year I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, this year I actually took a camera into that funnel uh, back in May. Okay. I put one in there in May. I wanted to just kind of get a lot of intel. Uh, I left it there whole way. I think I checked it probably at towards the end of September was the first time I ever checked it. Um, I did have one, uh, mature buck for the area. Wasn't a, what about does? Uh, there was a handful of does in there. Yeah. Um, I had a bear on there and, uh, and then I think only this one, I might've had a small buck come through once or twice, but this, this mature buck that he was probably only three and a half, you know, typical 110, 100, 110, eight point, which is typical for our area. Um, he kind of moved in because this is the the area where my dad shot his buck. So he kind of took over that that area. Um, so I had that camera in there. I checked it in September. He was on it. He wasn't really consistently coming through that area. Like you would think that like every day and night. But again, this is just a little opening and a big patch of laurel. So he could easily have gone down around that the rim of that bench. Yeah. And you just would never catch him on camera. So he's probably in the area. Yeah. Just depending on what trail. And then um, I did move it once just based off a scrape in there of the position when I was hunting in there uh, towards the end of October. And then and then I didn't pull it until right before rifle season. Okay. Because I wanted to really see even after I got my buck and, you know, what went on before. Uh, there wasn't a, a, a ton of movement. It's not like an area where there was like five or six bucks right, coming right. through. But I did have the the buck that was typically living there came through during the rut. Uh, I had a smaller two, like one or two smaller bucks. And then I had like a really nice, 
uh, really nice eight point, even bigger, probably like 120, 125 nice. maybe. He came through just one day. It was, I think it was like November, you know, your typical fifth, sixth, mm-hmm. seventh, eighth, somewhere one, around there. One time, get him on camera. Yeah, so I'm trying to gain some intel there of like what days they're cruising through there. Um, but it just kind of seems like, I would say like that 7th through 12th yeah. is like the perfect time frame based off of that one camera uh, of when those bucks are kind of hitting that ridge and cruising, looking for those does. So two things. One is a funny one. Did you get that uh, that horse of like that 400-pound buck that was that small eight point last year that we had on that Exodus camera? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he survived. I don't know. I'd pro- probably not. Probably not. My gosh, I would love to have seen him this year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, I'll have to try to find that photo just to post it. Those of you that are listening, it literally, we, Dimitri and I put it somewhere in that vicinity. And that we had a picture of a buck that was like a really close up mm-hmm. photo, and his neck and body literally looked like 400 pounds, and he had like an 80 yeah, inch. Li- a point <laughs> like typical but it's just so funny looking so that was the funny one this, the other one though is you were talking about you love looking over that that bench like and seeing like how they come how do you have to get higher in a tree because of the way maybe deer move like so you're not on their level in a sense uh well actually i'm i'm a little bit lower okay just because like i said this is kind of surrounded by laurel but there's like a little opening of I don't even know what trees they are but they're they're not like big oaks or Mm -hmm. um so they're kind of there's there's not a lot of bigger trees to get into Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of thicker with those all branches everywhere so if you get too high there's going to be very limited shots and yep so I have to get a little bit lower where there is a little bit bigger there's still limited lanes but it there's a little bit bigger openings, yeah, more um, opportunities, but, uh, but there's enough like other trees and laurel and, and leaves that I, you know, and what, another thing I focus, I don't really focus on getting higher anymore, which mm-hmm. I, that's what I like about the sticks and the saddle mm-hmm. compared to using my climber in the past is before I had to just find a beam pole and get, know, up. get up as high as you can. But with the sticks, I I'm focusing more on just being covered, mm-hmm. um, and then not being seen, mm-hmm. which I think I have, uh, I have, haven't been busted as many times right. over the last two years of hunting in the saddle with that focus in mind Yeah. versus I just got to get way up. Cause if you're playing the wind, well then you want, you know, sight to be your advantage, advantage. too. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't really feel the need to go up and I didn't in this case be able to get over there. Isn't it nice when you leave like a stick down on the ground, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, cause you're climbing down you're like on that time. You're like, yeah, that's one less stick I got to put. Well, that's what I, I mean, I even used all four, but I didn't space them out oh, as much. Yeah. So you're just taking these little steps, which is more comfortable yeah. and easier to get up and down and yeah. take it on and off. And, you know, so, um, and that's always nice in that aspect too. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I couldn't, I've been waiting to hear this story. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited that uh, to hear it finally and from in a detailed spot like that. So, um, yeah, I just, I think you, like you said, you, you found that little, you know, like you said, it's, it's a spot where, you know, these bucks are cruising and that's the perfect spot for new deer in that area to kind of to go, you know what I mean? Like, it's just for what's around. Yeah, and it's kind of nice that I don't have to, like, I feel, I don't feel pressured to know if there's something mature in there. Yeah. You know, so I, I kind of feel confident that 
next year, even if I didn't put a camera in there, that at that time frame, obviously I'm going to because I want, you know, might want to hunt it earlier. If right. there's a mature buck traveling through there, I want to kind of connect. You know, obviously I don't want to wait to the rut all the time, but I feel confident that if I went in there towards, you know, the peak of the rut, that I would put myself in a good opportunity. But, but there's other things I want to learn about that area too. It's not just like, I know, there it I is. know it. Yeah. And if I just sit there, I'm going to kill some, you know, I want to kill something at the beginning of October. So I'm going to try to dive in there after rifle season or, you know, in the winter and, and try to find exactly where these, these deer bedding and, you know, kind of learn a little bit more about that, that ridge system and, you know, where they're trying to travel to and, and, and from, and if there's other paths that they're taking off of different wind directions that it might not always be on that bench, might be lower, it might be the wrapping around to that other side of the, the ridge as well. Right. So that was, that was my next question was like, now that knowing the last two years, you've kind of have, have, tagged out on the 12th that those those two same days of that you know what how does maybe any change of your plans go into already for next season like you were saying like i know you you want to kind of dive into that but you know because you, you might hear some people are like you know what i struggle in october i'm i'm sticking to these end of october november you know what i mean if i get out kill a doe then you have other people like yourself like yourself that say i want to you know, could I figure it out now and kill a buck second weekend, first weekend, opening day of October? Like, how does does anything change for you? Does any any new light bulbs or things brewing on the stove for you? So, obviously, yes. My my goal is to try to kill something earlier, which is always kind of my goal. Yeah. Um. You know, even with a doe, my my goal, uh, this year was to kind of kill a doe earlier than I ever did. And I, I think I beat it by one or two days. Nice. Um, so, you know, next year my goal is to kill a doe on the, on the first day. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always going to try to challenge myself and push myself to do better and challenge, uh, challenge myself. And, but, uh, as far as a buck, yeah, I'm, I, I feel like, I feel like if I had to, I do best when I'm rut hunting, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to kind of figure that out a little bit. Now mm-hmm. I want to expand that and, and have better opportunities uh, earlier on in that October, which I did on some smaller bucks and was seeing more does in that time frame where I've really struggled in the past, like mm-hmm. we talked about on that last podcast when we kind of recapped our season. But I want to kind of do that with mature bucks. And I quite, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I had a couple uh on camera on my cell cameras uh that early on in the season and then they're kind of even once the season kind of came in even though this wasn't a highly pressured area their patterns changed a little bit right uh so i was trying to figure that out i did move some cameras and and figure that and but uh, i haven't uh collected them yet to try to figure that out so i'm just gonna keep grinding on the spots that i kind of know and that's what i kind of did this year i didn't and we talked about this last time too, so I don't want to kind of go mm-hmm. uh, go over it again and again. But you know, I, before I was just kind of trying to get as many areas as I could, and then kind of gain some intel there. But now, you know, being more calculated in my my hunts, I want to take. I still have an A, B, C, and D, but on those four, know exactly where the deer are traveling, how they're using it, more 
wind direction right. based off of what sit would be beneficial, not just for, for myself, but when that buck's going to come through there. Yeah. So, you know, that's my goal to kind of expand upon that just because we all know is the, the older we get and our, the older our kids get, the less days, um, we can hunt. Yeah. So that's just going to get less and less. So I'm going to try to, you know, know, like you hear some people, they say, you know, I only sat three or four times this year, but I killed a buck or two because, you know, I knew when he was going to be in there. So I didn't have to hunt. Right. You hear that all the time. Yeah. Did anything go wrong for you this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, not a whole lot. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, just sits that, you know, that didn't pan out, but I mean, yeah. you know, and I, I mean, again, I didn't kill any monster bucks, you know, I'm yeah. not, you know, but, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I really messed up or, you know, bumped a buck or, you know, wounded. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like wounded. You, yeah, it was just like, one of those seasons that it clicked. Yep. Yeah. It just kind of, you know, things fell into place and, uh, it was just one thing after another. That's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, I mean we got our butt it. kicked in Ohio, so it's not like, yeah, but you still fill the tag. I mean, yeah. you still punch the tag. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, you didn't go on a trip and not come home with, you know, something so i mean that's still regardless of what you shoot it's a success um yeah any any uh i know this is such a uh cliche or just a easy question to ask but like just coming off of year two now in the saddle how much even more comfortable like anything in that side of things worth sharing about just because again, like a little bit more comfortable, just anything maybe you adjusted or like, Hey, I actually figured out this bridge. You know, if I make it this length, like anything kind of jump out to you or. Yeah. I mean this year I, I still struggle. The biggest thing that I struggle with, with the, the saddle still is, is setting up my, my platform. I feel like, you know, like once I get up that, that last stick and then I I'm going to set up my platform of just, getting it to where I need to be, you uh -huh. know what I mean? Like, do I need it to be this high above my stick or, you know, spin it around the tree. And then, uh, and then what I'm kind of finding out is like, cause I, I'm trying to find cover. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but I don't want to be blocked or too right. high where the, the, the limbs in my head or, yeah. so, you know what I was finding and it was, I was like setting up my base and I was climbing up in it. And then I was like, you know, like a limb's hitting my head or, you know, there's a limb where I'd be drawing my bow. I'd like, oh, I can't draw there. So then I'd have to step back on my stick and then yeah. readjust that base. And, you know, so I'm, I'm starting to fi still figure that out of, you know, what, once I'm in it, like, what's it going to be like, mm -hmm. um, for I can kind of determine that beforehand. But I felt myself kind of jumping back and forth, which isn't a really big deal, but sometimes you're in a time shade and you feel rushed and, yeah, you know, you just don't take your time, but um, so that was like one thing that's still a learning curve for me, uh, that I think I'm getting better at. Uh, I like to see the thing I like in the saddle is I like to be not quite standing up, but just like slightly knees bent because I like to stand mm -hmm. like when I'm in the stand, even like when I was in a climber or hang on. Uh, I didn't like to sit much, but it's just enough to take the weight off of my legs. Mm -hmm but I still feel upright and I can move quickly. I don't like to be kind of like some people like to have their knees against the tree or kind of be almost in that seated position. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't really do that unless I was doing an all day sit and I was just getting tired and it was midday or I was right. trying to take a break. 
Um, so I always like to be in that upright position just because I feel like I can move better. Okay. Um, especially if I need to go to that weak side, I'm already kind of standing up. Cause if you're kind of crouched down and it's, you know, almost like you have to pull yourself up a little bit on yeah. your ropes, yep. uh, and then turn. So I kind of feel like I'm already supported and then I just kind of, kind of rotate to that underneath that rope. Let to the, the bridge weak do, side. let the bridge do the work of pivoting on the carabiner. Yeah. Cause I shot uh two two of my uh let's see one three of my three of my four deer uh were pretty much weak side okay this year yeah and then one was strong side strong side i love that strong side that shot it's just like i don't know when that actually does come in come into play and you're able to just be behind the tree and that deer's Mm -hmm. walking and you could draw back almost behind the tree and just like pivot around like that you're like checkmate boom Yep. you know that's just so nice compared but even the same thing even goes though for that weak side shot like how you were saying you got set up properly prior to him like at 40 yards you're already on that weak side shot waiting to come Mm -hmm. and then it's like again you're like i'm already ready yep you know that's just i don't know i i love it uh it just adds so much versatility to to your game like you're saying with the cover and everything what about the sticks? Sticks. So I, I uh, ran the skeleton. You let me run your Skeletor sticks this year. Uh, I actually was going to start with my XOP ones. I used them, I think, the first morning. Uh, you know, I like them. I mean, like I said, I always talk about they're great for the price point, but they're not perfect. Right. Um, but uh, so you let me borrow the Skeletor sticks. After that first morning, I said, I'm going to give these a try. <laughs> and I absolutely loved them. Yeah. You know, I just having the double step, but that actually folds up. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had the double step. But even that, for you, they fold away from the tree when they do, when they're out. So you have that extra boot room, which is, I'm sure you friggin' love. Yeah. So I'm a size 13. Yeah. So uh, any boot room that I can get is beneficial. But I just felt they're, they're lightweight. For not two being, pounds of stick for not being carbon, uh, they're they're really light. I really like that. Um, just the rope system. Mm-hmm. I hated the strap mm-hmm. and then trying to tighten that. So the rope system super easy, uh, sur- super easy to do. I like that the the rope actually has a place to kind of fold up. You know, circulate it around there yep. when you're putting them together. Uh, that's really nice. But yeah, I really liked them. I mean, there's four. Uh, I was only running three, but with four, with the double sticks, I can. I don't have to really like stretch it out right. to try to get up there. Right. I I typically am. I'm, I'm probably like eighteen to twenty feet. Anyway, with three. Yeah, with with four. Four. Yeah. So I'm not getting up there terribly high, but that's where I feel comfortable. Yeah. Jeez, eight pounds, and you'll you like use like with your height and everything, not spacing them out easily, eighteen to twenty feet. I, I, I did find a little trick. I, I mean, I'm sure a million people do this, but you know, cause I remember beforehand you were talking about, uh, you know, people had trouble with the rope because they're trying to get it around the tree. Yeah. Um, especially when it's a bigger tree and, and there's no weight to it yep. and try So, you know, and, and I did that a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, I get, get what they're talking about. But what I kind of felt was easier, um, it was a kind of a, I don't know, it's an, I wouldn't call it a trick, but what I did is instead of trying to pass the rope around, I passed the stick around. There you go. So what I would do is is um, I would put the, the rope, so I had my lineman's rope around the tree, and then I would have my rope kind of go inside 
of that lineman's rope because then it would kind of fold over top of it and yep. stay there. And then what I would do is just pass the stick around the tree, grab it with my other arm because it's pretty solid, yep. and then pull it to the rope, and then the rope's right there and tie it off. Easy enough. So That is a good little trick. I yeah. haven't heard that one yet. There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I was like, well, I can't pass this rope. I'm trying to catch it. I'm trying to catch yeah. it, and I'm like, Man, this, this I, I'm not. I can see why they were struggling, but then I was like, "Well, the rope's sitting right here on my lineman's rope. Why don't I just pass the stick? It's heavy enough. It's long enough, right? And it just done. done. Yeah, you know. So Easy. if anyone's using those, that's you can try it out. See if you like it. You might hate it, but yeah, no, that makes I'm easy enough. Now that's good. I think. Uh, our buddy Ian, he's still out chasing. He's knocking some dough down now in, in rifle season, and uh, he's still going after with with the uh, for trying to fill a buck tag. How about your dad? Anybody else up that area? They get anything or see anything? Uh, my my uncle, um, he shot one on the first day. Buck six point. Yep. Uh, Which one? Uh, it's it's just like a it's a smaller one. Yeah. Um. It, no, what 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 uncle? Think, what uncle? Nick. Uncle, Nick. No, did he? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think I actually think it's an offspring of my dad's buck. <laughs> uh, it's very similar rack, just smaller. Yeah. A lot smaller. A lot smaller. Um, but uh, there there was a lot of shooting around us. Again, it, it's heavy pressured with guys did luca come did luke come yeah he came um he just saw a couple does my dad saw a couple does spike but there was a lot of bucks that were killed around us um talked to a guy down in the valley you know uh he said he saw two four-wheelers go through and they had two bucks on it and then on the other ridge there was my uncle was walking around and he said he saw someone dragging another one out and then um on what day was that wednesday tuesday or wednesday i got a call from a kid that i know um and he didn't really know where he was at and it ended up being back where we typically hunt and he um shot probably i think i'm pretty sure it's the buck that i was after initially back there Shit, really yeah so he's a good he's a good kid so um he's a state cop and he's a really good kid so you know that's all right with me but yeah. uh um but uh, yeah, so there was they, a lot they don't last, man. No, they don't. <laughs> that's what it was funny though, because he was he was. I told him and I sent him a couple of trail camera pictures of that, and I'm pretty sure it's that buck. And and he's like, man, I'm sorry for shooting your buck. And I uh, said, hey, if you didn't, someone was going to. So yeah. it, I'm yeah. used to it. it. Happens every year. Yeah. Uh, you know, new bucks will come in, uh, so I don't get too worked up anymore. No. And uh, if not, then. I'll go out and find more. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game. You just yep. got to go out there and put in the time and get after it. I'll tell you what, though. That is that is the one aspect I'm so excited for, like, to actually know that this postseason, quote-unquote, I actually will be able to get out. and Like, we'll be able to go out and do that. Like, the last two years plus haven't been really been had the chance, opportunity to get out there and really scout around and, and do that. And now knowing that I – have that time it's nice yep and there's turkey and fishing and all that other stuff so yeah yeah i don't yeah that's any other gear or anything like that related that you tried or liked or uh, still tried and true basically well i'll tell you what though the my bow this year yeah i mean i was 
be, I knew I'd be excited about it, but I am super impressed. Yeah. I mean, you have the PSE drive NXT, the, right? Yep. The drive NXT. So it's kind of like their, their mid-level budget bow. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the, I forget the one. It's even a little bit lower price uh, point. It's like, uh, was it the ADK? S- yeah. ADK or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but the, the drive, I mean, all around, it's the most comfortable and favorite bow that I ever had. I was telling Troy the other day, I said, I, you know, I've shot PSE flagship or not PSE, uh, Bowtech prime. Uh, yep. Um, you know, I've shot Matthews at the mm-hmm. shop and mm-hmm. you know, everything Boyd's like that. Shop, yeah. Yep. Uh, this was the most comfortable all around bow. Uh, you know, it had decent speed. Mm-hmm. The draw cycle is extremely smooth. You, you know, could shoot that all day. That's what I mean. Like you would, you could pull that thing back a million times um, and, you know, just shooting the, all the deer that I had, I, there was at 70 pounds, it was just a smooth draw straight back, no hump. Uh, so I felt super comfortable with that. And then, you know, being 33 inches is kind of my comfort level. Uh, it's not, not heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a lighter bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, I just really enjoyed shooting it. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, the one thing too, and I, I don't want this to sound like it's like a plug or anything like that, but anytime you take like a set of stock strings off a bow, mm-hmm. other than if it's like ABB or gas has like a, you know, like those premium companies already make a string for that bow manufacturer. Um, but like, I always feel like once you could shoot that same bow with the stock strings and be like, wow, I really like this. And then once you get it set up with like your ABBs, it just takes it that little percentage up a little bit that makes it even a little bit more enjoyable to shoot. I just, uh, yeah. So you, you would throw all that in the smooth shooting and I mean, you were shooting a great preseason. So it's just a matter of when it's the time that matters, you know, Jim said right from the get go, he's like, dude, that's going to be a shooter for you. It's going to be so accurate. Well, <laughs> yep. you know, you put that sucker together. Good. But yeah, I, I kind of, Equipment wise, like for me, I I didn't really run anything truly different. Like I've gone back to a, a thumb release, and you know, it, I talked about it on one of the podcasts earlier that it's just going like after I shot that hinge and the back tension, and I know at attack I was using the back tension like finger style, mm-hmm. um, and I'm leading kind of up to the season I was doing that, but I kind of really felt more comfortable again wrapping. So like when I used to shoot, let me grab my release. When I used to shoot the knock to it, I shot it like where it was here. You know what I mean? So that made me do that. So whereas now I am looping my whole thumb around and it's actually in the groove here. So like, unless I do like really do that, that's when it's going to go off. So what I've kind of trained myself and now my shot process is I I have to pull. So now it's just unless this, like with that pulling, that's when it's going to go off. I'm not squeezing, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not yep. using that. So that's where I felt really comfortable. I really felt good on on an anchor. Um, so really, I mean, other than that, that's really, I didn't change any equipment-wise. I'm trying to think of, like, anything, like, new from first light. I really, that combo of the source jacket and the the solitude vest, I love that combo. You, you probably didn't even get a chance to wear it. <laughs> I did not, but I did wear the source jacket, which I, I was impressed with. I, I was uh, most impressed with, with the wind. Yeah. You know, you could tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you feel like you're just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, 
the name right yeah. you know but i was impressed that i could feel when it was a windy day and i had the source jacket on i could feel a difference how'd your uh, lapunia twos work out they were good i was super impressed with those uh i wore them straight out of the box didn't even break them in and then did the scouting trip in ohio in them yeah. which was uh we did probably eight to ten miles uh th- that day in them and was great warm all hunting season easy to break in yep. and i was super happy with them so good. yeah really enjoyed them uh gonna keep rocking those so yeah sweet what uh so rifle will be ending so this will air like what next wednesday so there will be what a couple days left yep then what what's next on you for you <sighs> probably just spend spend some time with with the family and you know that'll be christmas time and you know my wife will be happy that hunt season's over yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> I she's saw pretty it. tolerant but she 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 starts feeling it towards the end yeah um so that's a good time just to take a break i'll try to pull the rest of the cameras that i left out this year which typically i don't do yeah um so i'm excited to pull some of those and 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 see what the intel shows and then um my dad will will hunt some flintlock probably in the late season, so maybe get out with him and push for him a little bit. But yeah. uh, probably just get into some scouting here and there, and just kind of get ready for next year. Yeah, get ready for next year. We'll shoot hopefully the archery club near us. We'll do the three D, which yep. we had a blast doing that a couple times last year. Yep. It's just so nice that we could just roll up. I mean, for the most part, we didn't have to wait. Mm-hmm. And if like people were actually and like the thing too, like we didn't keep track of score, <laughs> we'd always laugh because you're like, man, I should, I should have. But at the same time, it's like we get in there for what an hour, yep, shoot twenty some targets, and we're out of there. You know what I mean? But enjoy it. Yeah, I'll be excited to because in their outdoor and over the summer they had a full size bedded elk. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I hope they uh, bring that indoors. Yeah, that'd be it sweet. Was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Man, I, did you see that video going around of that white tail of te- like yeah. messing with yeah. that elk? Yeah, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to chase elk so bad just to to go experience that hunt. But like, that's just one reason why I love white tails. Like, they just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's like remember that honey badger doesn't give a shit back yep. in the day. Yep. It's like white tails just don't care. Like, mm. oh my gosh, I love them. Yeah, that's pretty it. Much it for from anything else that we could think of. I don't think just if you're out there, keep grinding. Yeah. Season's not over. So. No, it's not over. I'll be out for the last day for sure. All right, man. I appreciate it. And uh, those of you listening, thanks again. Those of you, like Dimitri said, if you're still hunting, keep grinding, get after it. And thanks for uh, all the support. We really, really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Antler up.